This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. We have worship at 9.30 a.m. during the summertime. We can be found online at hosannafreelutheran.com and in podcast format on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app as The Kingdom at Hand. Well, our sermon today, come on, is entitled Submission. And we are going to be looking at Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 24. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 24. Now, in in your minds, you're going to need to take verse 21 and just put it before verse 22 with a comma separating them. Can you do that? Good job. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Let us pray. Father, As we come to study your word, to strive to understand what you have for us, Lord, we ask that you would bless us and that you would guide us and that your name would be glorified through this, Lord, as we draw closer to Christ through your word. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I was thinking about starting off this sermon with kind of a sexist joke, but uh, there's just too many of them, and I didn't want that to be my whole sermon. So <laughs> we're going to stop right there. And so as, as we get into this, um, there's a lot of discussion about what this whole submission thing means. And I think it's, a, it's an important discussion to be having. Uh, and I find it funny, personally, I find it ironic, maybe that's a better word than funny, that as... As we approach what Scripture says about submission, oftentimes we don't do it in a submissive attitude. We do it in a proud attitude, trying to take our culture and apply it onto Scripture and say, well, Scripture is wrong because it makes, I don't like the way that it says some things. And that's not a very, like, humble attitude. And so as we approach Scripture, we come from underneath and say, okay, what does God have to teach us here? Rather than, Okay, how can I make this, how can I twist this to make, make it what I want it to be? So as we come, Paul starts off with this uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is speaking, as far as I can tell, to our general attitude as Christians. We are called as Christians to be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that this word submission, um, how many of you have your hackles raised a little bit when you hear the word submit? Uh, a couple. And it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> so let's take that word, we'll put it aside for a moment, we'll look at a different one that can be translated, the Greek word can be translated into subordinate. And subordinate is a, is a good word as well. It's, you know, it, you can get into semantics, but what it means is that I'm going to take my will 
And I'm going to set my will underneath someone else's. And so that's what subordinate means. And so instead of me living in this world, pursuing my will, I'm going to, myself, put someone else's will in front of mine. And as a Christian, I'm called to do this. Because that's how Paul starts this out. That's why we're speaking about the general attitude of all Christians. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so the way that I interact with this world isn't that I am going to live in this world trying to get the most out of this world that I can for myself. Because that's kind of the general attitude, at least of Americans it seems. And I'm guessing that's the general attitude of everybody. That I'm going to live my life in this world for myself. To get out of this life what I want. Right? Kind of sound, I know that sounds kind of harsh. But if you watch TV, if you listen to people talk, what's their goal? Their goal is to satisfy themselves in some way, shape, or form. Whether that be peace at any cost, whether that be through glory and pride, whether that be through making money, you know, however we do that, however you look at that, my goal in this world is to get my will satisfied. Paul is saying here, don't let that be your goal. Be submissive, be subordinate to one another. And so be willing to set other people's wills above your own. And you know what? As a good Norwegian, German farm kid, that's not very easy. Because it's easier for me to be self-willed. For me to decide for myself, for me to go forward on my own, for me to do that which I think is right, instead of saying, you know, I'm, I might not be the wisest person in this room. And I might not be the wisest person in this discussion. Which is scary because this is a monologue, and if I'm not the wise, yeah, oof <laughs> So then uh, my question, the question that Paul brings to us is a question of humility. Are you willing to subordinate your will to someone else's? Or are you going to demand that you get your way? What's your ultimate goal? Is it to get your own way? That's not the right way. Paul says the right way to live in this life is subordinating your will to the people around you. Not by striving and pushing and scrambling and and arguing and fighting. How many of you have actually changed? Now, I'm, I'm curious. Um, how many of you have actually changed someone's mind in an argument? Anybody here? You've actually changed someone's mind in an argument. Emily has. A couple of hands go up. Sylvia has. Now, Marlon, you, you guys are all ahead of me. I have gotten people to be quiet, but I've never been able to change someone's mind in the middle of an argument. Oftentimes, the head-on approach doesn't work. Paul's saying here, we're not in this life to battle. We're not in this life to get our way. Subordinate your will to the people around you. Now, does this mean that we go off of Christ? No. And that's to this one another. Who is Paul speaking about in this one another? Well, he's speaking generally about all people, but specifically to Christians. And specifically to Christians because Christians are going to hopefully have Christ's will at the head of their lives too. And so 
it's easier for me to submit to Laverne than for me to submit to the average non-Christian in this world because the average non-Christian in this world doesn't really even know what's good for them themselves. But if I'm going to be showing the love of Christ to them, there's going to be a humility, a call for humility there. And so as we think about this subordinating my will, putting myself second, that I do not, how would be a better way to say that? That I do not necessarily deserve to have my way all the time. Right? I don't deserve to have my way all the time. That's not my right or my role in this world. And so I submit my will to the people who are around me. And I have to make that decision when it comes to non-Christians and Christians. Because if I'm going to be submitting my will, I'm doing it out of love for the people that are around me. And so if someone want something that's bad for them, I'm not going to submit in that way. There's a place for battle. But if it's, well, if it doesn't matter, why am I the one that's fighting? You know, I've made the joke before. Actually, it's not a joke. It's, it's serious how churches have split up because of the color of carpet. You know, why is that? That's because the people in that church weren't humble enough to say, you know what? My will isn't the most important thing here. My way isn't central. And that's how we start this out. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this idea of the fear of the Lord. The Greek word here is phobia. And uh, Lowell and Nida in their um, stupendous lexicon say that this means an awe at the grandeur of deity. And so it was a word used to describe awe or reverence. And this is how great is Christ. Seeing Christ in his greatness. And then you look through the life of Christ and this is what Christ is doing. Christ submits himself to the people around him. That doesn't mean that he lets them tell him what to do at all times. But that he lives his life for their sake instead of for his own. He lives his life not in order just to get his way. But to do that which is best. Because we submit first off to Christ. And then we're able to submit to others. And it has to be in that order. Because I'm not submitting to Christ first and then I'm submitting to someone else. Odds are we're going to be engaged in sin somewhere along the line. But if I'm submitting to Christ out of humility towards Him, I can then act towards someone else in that submission, trusting Christ. So this goes for everybody. I subordinate my will. I put it second. I humble myself and say, my way isn't the only way. Because I trust Christ, we'll do it your way. Does that make sense? So this isn't just wives here. This is, this is us. And this isn't easy. Because this is a call to humility. To be willing to say deep in our souls... I don't have to have my way. Do we? We're not three. <laughs> so we do this out of reverence and awe of Christ. In his grandeur, and his glory, he did this. And if he did this, we can do this too. So how does this apply to the marital household? Wives, submit to your Husbands, subordinate your will to your husbands. Now, this it's, it closes this up. This doesn't mean that you submit yourself to all men. 
No, that's not what this is speaking about to your husbands. So we close that up and we close that up. And I think Paul focuses on this because this is the first line of attack. The family is the first place that Satan attacks. So if you look at history, I don't know how many of you are history buffs, but as you look at history, one of the first things that falls apart when a nation has been Christian or been solid, like even in Judaism, one of the first things to fall apart is the family. And Satan's first line of attack is the marital relationship between the husbands and the wives. Because if he can break up the marital relationship between the husbands and the wives, he now has... He is now witnessing to the children. And so now it's affecting the kids. And as it affects the kids, it goes out from there. And not only does it affect the kids, but it affects the people around the kids. And it affects the, the friends and the families. And I, I, know a, I know a wife that divorced her husband. And when she divorced her husband, there was actually a cascade of divorces that happened within the next year of a lot of her friends. Because... Not only was she defending her desire to divorce her husband, but then as someone else had a complaint about their husband, they'd bring it to her and she'd say, well, divorce him. And then it cascaded out and all sorts of people were getting divorces within their friendship circles. And as those divorces happened, it spread out. And so what did their bad witness do? What did her bad witness? Because she wasn't willing to... And. I'm not getting into the legalities of the divorce. Um, but as she, as Satan attacked that family and broke up, because there's a, there's a lot of levels. <laughs> there's a lot of levels. But as, as that family broke up, and Satan attacked the, both the husband and the wife, because the husband wasn't loved his wife either, and there was all sorts of stuff going on. But I'm going to stop there. Um, that bad witness affected everybody around. It was amazing to see. You know, to be, to be living in that situation, you know, to be seeing that from outside and just watching this stuff happen. Um, so where is, where is the most important place that we defend ourselves in this humility? It's in those most intimate relationships. And where's the most intimate relationship we have? That's a husband and a wife. That's the most intimate relationship we have, and that's where Satan's going to attack. And he's going to attack there first. Because if he can get that, it messes everything else up. And so wives, be especially careful with your humility toward your husbands because that's where Satan is going to attack you most strongly. How do you subordinate your will to your husbands? That's where Satan is going to attack you. I promise you. you take that to the bank. That's what happened with Adam and Eve, you know? And it just keeps getting worse from there. Does this subordination mean that you are called to be a doormat? Or to be some dog to your husband. No. You know what's fascinating is I was thinking about this and praying through this. The Genesis 2 came to mind where God says, you know, it tells Adam, Adam, go and name all the animals. And Adam does that. And it says there was not a helper fit for him. So God made Eve. That, you know, shortened version. Why? Because an animal couldn't do it. So God's not asking women to make yourselves animals for the sake of your husband. Don't, don't lose your mind. Don't just say, you know what, I'm a doormat. I'm going to let him do whatever he wants. I'm, he's just going to walk on me and he gets his way all the time. And, you know, and I have no decisions and I have no will in this matter. And it's like, 
You're acting like a dog. If God had wanted men to have dogs, he wants to made women. Really? Does that make sense? I hope that's not insulting. But that's so important. Why did God give women brains? So that they could just submit to their husbands. No! So they could use them. But not just to satisfy their own ends. But then to become a pair and be united and move towards something so much greater. So much greater than what an individual could do on their own. Adam couldn't do it by himself. He doesn't make all the decisions. He can't do it. One brain is not better than two. And so God said, I'm going to make a helper fit for Adam. And so how do we understand this submission? We have to understand this in the giftings and in the powers that women have within themselves. Because women, you are so weird. Uh, coming from a man. And it's like, how can women do these things? And it's just amazing to me. And so it's like, that's what a helper fit for Adam and is. The ability to do things that no man could ever do. And so utilize those gifts. But don't utilize them just for the sake of your own ends. Just to get your own way. Subordinate your will. Called to humble yourself and say, okay, what's my husband's goal in this? How do we move forward? Instead of how do I become head? Does that make sense? Like this is hard to understand. But it's hard to understand because it's so different from what our culture is calling us to. Culture says, women, in order to get your way, in order to be seen worthy as by the culture, you have to learn how to become head of your husband. You know, that's the old, um, my big fat Greek wedding. You know, I'm not going to even try to do it in her accent, but she says, you know, the, the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck. We turn him whichever way we want. And uh, you guys have seen that, right? If you haven't, it's quite an entertaining movie. Uh, I can't a- appreciate everything in it, but there's some good stuff there. What is she doing? She's saying, it's my will that gets the end. She's not submitting herself. She's not subordinating her will to her husband. She's saying, I'm going to turn my husband whichever way I want. It's going to ultimately be my will. And he's going to make my decision whether he knows it or not. And it's like, is that right? Is that the goal? There's no humility there. And so this is a call to humility, to subordinate, to be a helper worthy to be a helper, a suitable helper, worthy of the, of the husband. Worthy of that God-given responsibility to lead forward and to enter into this world. And that worth doesn't then come from getting your way. That worth ultimately comes from Christ. And really that's what this reverence and awe of Christ is. That my satisfaction as And I can say this as a man. It's not easy for me to submit my will, to subordinate my will to another. But you know, my satisfaction and my worth does not enter into this life by how many people I can get to do what I want them to do. The amount of power I wield in this world isn't the thing that ultimately is going to satisfy me. And it's not the thing that ultimately is going to satisfy anybody. The amount of times that I get my way in this world isn't how I measure my worth. 
But I measure my worth based upon Christ, what he says about me. Why am I worthy to be loved and cared about? Because Christ says, you are worthy. Thanks, Soren. But this is the reality. If I'm trying to get my way, why do we try to get our way? Oftentimes, it's a demonstration of worth. I can show my power. That means I'm worthy. No, it doesn't. That means that you're proud. If I'm just trying to get my own way. So our call is to trust Christ with our worth. Two, to trust Christ with our, with, am I worthy of being loved? Am I lovable? Am I respectable? Am I worthy of being respected? Am I worthy of honor? Am I worthy of any of these things? Rather than pursuing that from another person to say, Christ, I'm going to trust you with that and walk that out. And that's that heart of humility, that trust, trusting Jesus. The wife can turn the husband's words Christ's will. That's, so Bruce, towards. So Bruce wanted, yeah, I figured that. Um, Bruce wanted to bring up that the, one of the powers, so how many of you, um, have you ever heard that women can be manipulative? Anybody here? You don't have to raise your hands. That's fine. Husbands, don't raise your hands. You've, I've heard that it could happen. You see, I'm backing away. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting then, that power of persuasion that really that women do have. And you can use that for good or for evil because... That power of persuasion, the power of your words, the wisdom that women are given, are you going to use that towards godliness or not towards godliness? You know, those are questions, and these are hard questions. And we need, I don't know if I can emphasize this enough. As a man, I, as a husband, I am growing in my understanding of how much I need my wife. And how much I need my wife to be walking in Christ's will. Because there's so many other distractions for me in this world. And so this idea about women using your ability to persuade towards the good. uh, Why not? Why not use your feminine wiles? That's the word, right? Feminine wiles. For the positive. For the glory of God. And that's the idea of submission first to Christ. A reverence for Christ. We submit first to Him. Trusting Him. Fearing Him even. And then we can do it towards others. Knowing the greatness of God. The power of God. Well, there's a lot there. I should have spent more time on that. But why why does this world need wives? To be willing to subordinate yourselves to your husbands. Well, first off, it's an example to yourselves. Because we constantly exist. All human beings, I'm not just saying wives here, all human beings exist in a feedback loop for themselves. And so my actions today, we'll we'll pick on lying, because lying is pretty easy. They've actually done studies on liars, um, and they've encouraged people to lie. And in these studies where they've encouraged people to lie, they found that the first lie is the hardest. And then the second lie is a little bit easier. 
And then the third lie, and as they keep lying, it gets easier and easier to the point where it becomes difficult to not lie. Isn't that amazing? I don't know what ethics prof said that was okay to study, you know, but it, you know, coming at it now at the study level, it's like, wow, we live in a feedback loop. And so the more times I practice something, the easier it becomes for me to practice it. And so if well, I'll pick on Kirsten for a moment because I do that. And if Kirsten rebels against me, rejects my authority, whatever, that, that sounds bad too. Um, partly because of our culture. But if Kirsten rebels against me and rejects me, um, is it going to be harder or easier for her to do that again? It's going to be easier. And then the odds of her doing it again are going to grow and they're going to keep growing. The more times that happens, it's going to keep growing. And so as she does that, then she's going to go deeper and deeper into sin, and it's going to be harder and harder for us as a, as a married couple. And so for the sake of that feedback loop, wives, you need to be willing to subordinate yourselves to your husband. But then also, one of the other realities within this is that as you strive to live humbly in your marital relationship, you're going to start to see where your pride is. And that is so important because until we see where our pride is, we can't repent of it. We can't ask God to forgive us for it. And so in those difficult situations, I was actually thinking about this this morning. Um, you know, Paul says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Why does he use the word tempted? Have you ever thought about that? You know, sometimes it's translated tested, but that's not actually not a good translation. The real word is tempted. And they translate it tested because they want to make it clearer. But tempted. Why? Because the external situation reveals what's inside of us and brings about our sin. Gives us the encouragement to sin. So God puts about the external t- situation. And he says, but watch your heart during this. Watch your heart. This, here's the time of temptation. Are you going to doubt? Or are you going to trust? Are you going to walk in truthfulness? Or are you going to walk in error? Are you going to be willing to humble yourself? Or are you going to exalt yourself and be proud? How are you going to take this situation? And so, wives, have you ever had a time when it was difficult to submit to your husbands? Any of you? A couple of you? Linda says, she raises her hand because it's always. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know why that fit at all, because, but that kind of gets you out of trouble, right? When you end that with, I'm just saying, um, bless your hearts. <laughs> so, but what's happening then? What does that, what does that teach you? You need to do, you need to be aiming for that so that you learn yourself, so that you have an opportunity to humble yourself, to bring yourself back to Christ, because we need that example to ourselves. And the husbands need that example, because I, as a man then, am still called to be submissive to the people around me. And it's easier for me to understand what that looks like when Kirsten's doing it towards me. And so then she is encouraging me, not just by her words, but by her actions, to not be living in this world in a proud and in an arrogant manner. To not just be seeking my own will and my own ends in this, but I'm seeing it lived out in her, so then it's easier for me to walk in that. And if her goal is to make me more Christ-like, it's going to come by her being Christ-like first and foremost. And Christ submitted himself even to the point of death. 
Even death on a cross, we're told in the book of Philippians. So that's quite a a standard to be looking at. And that's what I'm called to as well. And that's going to be a lot harder for me to do in this world if I have to then go home and then be in battle at home too. And so I need this, not just for the sake of my pride, but for the sake of my soul. To see this is what humility actually looks like. And that doesn't mean that your husband gets to choose what you have at a restaurant. Should I have the steak or fish, dear? Have the steak because then I get half of it. No, you know what? No. Kirsten would never give me her food anyways. Um, she wants the chicken. But so we need it first to the husband for the sake of the husband. But then also for the sake of the world as a whole. Because what does it mean for the church to submit to Christ? How do we learn what that looks like? It's by wives submitting to their husbands. And that then becomes an example to all the world. Why do you do that? Do you have no will of your own? No. I don't honestly know a woman who doesn't have a will of her own. Um, I don't know a man who doesn't either. Because God made us that way. Why did God make us that way and say, okay, you're called to submit to me first. So then... So that he can, we can show the world what it means to be in submission to Christ as a church. So when Christ says something that we don't like, what do we do? Well, that's not for our culture. Right? Am I submitting to Christ? That's not for our day. Am I submitting to Christ? That's the way it used to be, but we know better now. Am I submitting to Christ? Are we submitting to Christ as a church? People aren't going to like that. Are we willing to submit to Christ as a church? When the world stands against us, are we willing to submit to Christ? When our will stands against us, are we willing to submit to Christ? Wives, we need you to be an example to us. We really do. Husbands need their wives to be an example to them. Wives, you need yourselves to be an example to you. This world needs us. We can't do it on our own. We need each other. We need each other's example. Because I'll tell you what, as a pastor, I am prone to err and mess up. So I need others as an example to assist me along. I need to see it, not just hear it. Well, if I was in that situation, here's what I would do. No. Do it then. Live it out. Submit first to Christ. Subordinate your will. Is this world about me getting my way? Or about me serving God? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this call upon all of us that we all could live in this. Lord, this call of humility to subordinate our wills to you. Lord, and I, I pray for the families. Pray for the families that are breaking up because they're being attacked. Lord, and in that attack, I pray that you would grant them, grant this week we look at the women 
pray that you would grant them the wisdom to subordinate their wills to their husbands. Lord, and as we look at husbands loving their wives next week, we pray that husbands would subordinate their wills to their wives, love their wives as Christ loved the church, subordinate their goals. <coughs> Lord, we pray that you would use this in our lives to glorify yourself, Lord, and to reveal yourself all the more in us, through us, and to us. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.